Better listen very carefully. A good martial artist does not become tense, but ready. Essentially, at this point, the fight is over. So you pretty much flow with the goal. Who is worthy to be trusted with the secret to limitless power? I'm ready. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Bulletproof for BJJ podcast. And today we're talking about the Bulletproof injury stories. And don't we have a couple? Yeah, I don't, you don't have to be on the mats for very long to have some experience with injuries, <laughs> whether it's someone else getting messed up or it's you. Yeah, and I think it's one of those things that we tend to just grit our teeth and go, yeah, it's part of the game. But sometimes there's an injury that you will cop, which is going to take you out of commission. Because obviously we're all about like getting strong and mobile, so you don't, you know, your injury risk is reduced. But sometimes that doesn't mean shit. You're just yeah. going to get injured no matter how prepared your body is, aren't you? That's right. And and sometimes someone is just going to bend your joint the wrong way, and your ligaments are going to snap. And it's like, then what? <laughs> like, what are you going to do to deal with that? So what I thought today, guys, is Joey and I have had a, a litany of uh, injuries over time. And I thought that we'd take a little bit of time today to share <laughs> uh, what we have experienced and some, a little bit of what others have experienced. Some of the greatest hits. <laughs> the snap, you crackle will. and pop. <laughs> well, Joe, I think we'll, uh, we'll start with you because I think yours is most recent and I guess obvious. All right. Well, I've got two, but I'll start with the knee because the knee is kind of the most obvious. Sure. Um, I'm about a year and three quarters post-surgery for having my ACL reconstructed, which is a, a ligament in your knee, for those of you who are not familiar with the ACL. and One, I of, the, one of the most, probably the most important ligament in the knee, should we say, in terms of knee joint integrity. Yeah, 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 as they say. And I tore that training. I was doing some comp training with my coach, Adam Childs, and we were like – like the same as how JT and I train together and JT, we try and fucking kill each other. Yeah, that's like it's, right. it's, it's kind of like, you know, and if it's competition preparation, Go for it. it's just like all bets are off, whatever you yep. need to do. Um, and I remember the moment and I was getting the better of Adam on the night. And I was- Of course. Right. And, and sometimes he's better than me, right? He's my coach. He's better than me. Sometimes for me, getting the better of the role was just not allowing him to do what he wanted to do. True, yeah. Right? And I'm just like- not letting him take me down. I'm not letting him sweep me. I'm just shutting him down. So, you know, better. You gauge that how you want. We got back to the feet. There was about 90 seconds left. We were rolling. <gasps> I made Look 10 minute rounds. Yeah. <laughs> I think I was ahead on points this round. And so you could, I could see the little glint in his eyes where he's like, I'm getting these fucking points. I got to get it. Yep. And he, he likes this sacrifice throw that he does. It's like a, it's like a collar drag. Yep. Where he kind of goes two hands on the collar and then he basically sits to his hip and just boom. Pulls. All of his weight pulls you down. And I'm waiting for the collar drag. I like, I know this motherfucker's going to go for the collar drag. And I'm- <laughs> See it coming. I see, I see it coming. And I'm like, I've got this covered. When he goes for it, I'm just, I'm already thinking about, it. I'm just going to step and post and stay on my feet. Yeah. Sure enough, he goes for it, but he goes for it on the other side. Oh no. And I'm all ready to lunge with my left leg and yeah. he pulls me to my right. And I'm like, oh fuck. And I make this like- you know, frantic kind of lunge off balance with my right leg. Yeah. When I'm expecting to go left. And I just in a, you know, in a split of a split second, I step, my knee locks out. He pulls me over it. My knee goes oh, in, no. you know, like 
God. you don't you don't know that's happening at the time. You just okay. know like, oh, oh fuck, oh my knees, good. stop. Uh. You know, and you're like, man, something something happened there. And he's like, you're right, and give it a few seconds. I'm like, oh, it feels pretty good. <laughs> I sat out the rest of the round and then uh, went off to the side and you know do the standard things you do. You like move it a little bit, give it like, a shake, yeah, give it feels, a rub. Yeah, it feels good. Did some squats. I'm like, ah, oh, squats are good. I can go all the way down, all the way up. I'm like, I think it's fine. Mm. So I did the next round with Jakey, I remember, and whatever. Got real sore later on. Turns out I'd ruptured the ACL God. and, yeah, torn the meniscus and right. done a bunch of shit. So that was, you know, that for me, and then obviously, you know, now I'm 18 months post-surgery. That for me has been the most catastrophic injury mm. that I've had. And so at the time when you did it, and this, I think there's a lesson just in this little piece here. When it happened you didn't like you stopped immediately because you're like, oh, I'm not sure. But then we all do it, right? We're like, oh, give it a bit of an extension. How's it feel? I mean, for some people, if you, if you tore like a medial ligament, you usually get very acute pain at that point and you just stop. You're like, nah, I've done something. Whereas you, you could do some squats, feel good. You actually kept rolling, right? Yeah. Well, because when you, and this is what I've learned in the process, but if you partially tear a ligament, then there's still like, it's torn tissue. It's yeah. like tearing a skin. So there's a lot of pain associated with that. Not that there's a huge amount of nerves in ligaments, but there is, you know, you can feel it. But if you rupture the ligament, like it just separates. No ligament, no pain. That's right. So what I I was like, I feel good. (laughs) You know, it's like, it's a, yeah. And the fact that I had full range of motion, well, of course you got less ligaments holding the (laughs) joints together. The joint's very lax now, you know? Um, Oh, the key to mobility, less ligaments. Um, My goodness. But that's the thing, guys. You might have done yourself a mischief. That whole thing of, oh, how do I feel? When the adrenaline is hitting, you don't feel nothing. You're like, I'm elastic. I'm good to go. You may have done some surgery-level damage. Do stop. Don't roll again. Like, Yeah, for, for what it's worth to do that one round or finish that round, it's like just stop and then go and see a physio and then find out what's going on. So, man, it seems simple, but that changed your life a bit, right? It really did. I mean, it's changed the whole trajectory of things for me over the last couple of years in terms of my training. Mm. And uh, I mean, you know, we won't go into it now because we're we're more about talking about the injuries today rather than the psychology (laughs) behind them. But I, you know, I think I said this to you the other day, JT. I was like, you know what, man, if I did it again, and let's let's be honest, you train jujitsu, there's a chance it could happen to any of us. Can happen. The prospect of me having surgery again, if I did that same injury, I'm like, you know what, I think I might not. Yeah. I think I might just risk because my knee was in a very good position once the initial kind of pain had subsided, which was a couple of days. Yes. I felt good. Yeah. You know, and it was, and then now I've been recovering from the surgery because the yeah. surgery is so traumatic. Yes. And that's kind of what they don't tell you. Yeah. You know, you find out yourself, it's like the surgery is really brutal. Mm. That's the thing that's going to take you probably two to three years to get back to all the swelling going down and, you know, nerves and shit reattaching and whatever the fuck they cut through. Yeah. And and look, there's a lot of high-level jiu-jitsu players out there that don't have ACLs. So Corbinian doesn't have an ACL on either leg. No, right. No, no ACLs at all. But that guy is crazy, crazy strong and has built up his quads, his hammies, his calves and may have had some supplementary help. So that really helps. 2014, the last time I was in Brazil, uh, Michael Lange completely tore his ACL and he was trying to work out, this is like four weeks out from Worlds. Do I have surgery? Do I not have surgery? And uh, Liv and Lockie were there. Shout out, Livia Giles, Lockie Giles, and their new baby, Walter. Walter. Oh, yeah. They said, nah, Mike, don't do it. And I said, bro, we strapped the hell out of your knee. You can do it. 
and he actually got a bronze medal that year. Wow. So he went into the comp, no ACL, and yeah, he, his knee felt fine, and we strapped it every single day. So, I mean, look, if you're a running athlete, if you play footy or you're a track athlete or something like that, ACL is pretty important for stabilizing the knee. But that said, you can – not that I'm saying this is a medical – in my personal recommendation, medical, yeah. me, my medical opinion. The ACL is superfluous. <laughs> <laughs> just, Much like the tonsils, get rid of them. <laughs> just, just cut it out. <laughs> just, just go ahead. But that's the thing, guys, because like, I guess this kind of leads it's me It's a into, direction change thing, isn't it? It is. So if you're just going in a straight line – it's fine. It's pretty good. But yeah, if you're playing a ball sport or anything that requires like lateral movement. Uh, it's, it's tough because it, it really stops your shin bone from moving too far forward as your femur rotates or moves. Right. So people without ACLs, you'll see their shin just kind of drift a bit and pop back. Ew. Anyway, that said, I'm missing a ligament in one knee. Oh. Yeah. My left knee, bit of laxity there. And this speaks to lack of preparation. So, guys, this be a cautionary tale. I was uh, rushing out to AET, Australian Elite Team, because I had some really hard gi training there. Great gym. Shout out to Ninos Damos. Where's that? That is out near, towards the airport. So, in Melbourne, Victoria. AET is probably the biggest gym in Australia. I, I'm pretty accurate in saying that. Like, I've been to one of their normal classes, and they'll have 100 students. It's a jiu-jitsu team? It's a jiu-jitsu team. How have I never heard of them? Australian elite team. Wow. Uh, yeah, they, it's a massive – and a lot of tough guys out of that gym. At that time, I was a blue belt, and I was doing the classic blue belt things, which is like trying to train in the morning, do a bit of work, like a bit of PT, try and make a lunch session, lift some weights, do a bit more PT, and then rush out to night training. <laughs> and I would just go wherever the training was hardest. And some of the gi sessions at AET are brutal because you just got all these tough guys who had a gr- just amazing gi game. And I was prepping for Worlds. This is in 2011. So I was a, a blue belt. I was doing pretty good. And I rushed out there and my training partner was David Yunin. So this is no shade on David. This is on me. I totally missed warm up. I came in 20 minutes late and they were drilling Della Heva sweeps. And I was like, full of adrenaline, like, oh, I'm good to go, I'm good to go. And then Ninos is like, oh, do you want to warm up? I'm like, I'm pumping sweat just from, like, just park the car, run to the gym. I'm like, no, I think I'm good. And he was like, oh, okay, well, you're the personal trainer guy, you know. And I I should have just taken at least five minutes to do a little bit of prep. And I just jumped in, shook hands with Dave because myself, Dave Yunin, and uh, a good friend of ours, we we actually – uh, Murat Kandanidalis, he's the head of Nexus BJJ, a great black belt. We were all going to Worlds together. So Dave Yunin and I had become drilling partners. He's like a featherweight at the time, super young, I don't know, like 17, 18, just a gun, a gun featherweight. So not a big strong guy. Puts me in Delaheva. I kind of, my foot gets a little bit stuck on the mat. He does this Delaheva sweep. My lower limb goes one way my upper body goes another way and i twist and i feel like snap crackle pop like lateral side of my left knee back of my knee hot searing pain Ah, like first thing like absolutely first move of the thing and he's like you all right i'm like "Mm, no i'm no i'm not knee straight away stiff can't move it i'm just like i've booked my tickets to go to worlds where well america brazil sorry um this is in um California University, right. the Pyramid, the Holy Land. And I just, I freaked out. Like we'd already paid to go to the camp at uh, Cobrinia's gym and oh. like all the money's paid. 12 weeks out, 
And I I went to see a sports doctor. I got an MRI and basically pretty much completely torn my PCL. I already had a bit of laxity in the knee, but it just gives a bit more. My LCL, my lateral ligaments outside of my knee, that's almost completely gone, but still a tiny bit intact. Tore a small muscle called popliteus, which is this tiny little muscle, top of your calf. It's brutal. And partly tore my uh, biceps femoris femoris mm. which is like an outermost hamstring muscle wow so it was like i couldn't walk i was all kinds of messed up and the uh sports doctor had said you need surgery and i was like ah, oh, but i paid all this money and i want to go to worlds so then i talked to a good friend of mine uh, Teresa, Teresa marcello and she's an awesome uh myotherapist and just one of the best therapists i've ever seen in terms of being very patient and calm and no stuff so i went and saw her and i'm like Teresa, what am I going to do? She had a look at it and she said, well, let's just see how your ligament heals. Like if, as long as your LCL is intact and, you know, we can heal this stuff, it might be possible. She's like, but just don't do anything for four weeks and really look after it. And I was like, shit, okay. So I didn't train jujitsu for almost six weeks. And she said, and you've got to tape your knee. So I, I invested a lot of money in like tape. So I, she said, look, I've got a hookup through physiosupplies.com, whatever. Um, I can get you tape for $8 a roll if you buy 100 of them. And I was like, let's go. Because I was going through probably a roll of tape every two days. Wow. Strapping there, like mummifying my knee. And then after the six weeks, it was six weeks to Worlds. And every training session, Teresa said, you can train. You've got to train light. But you have to strap your knee. And I did the classic dumb guy thing like the first time I, I spent all this time strapping it i'm like i'm gonna train again in like two or three hours surely i could just leave the tape on that's not unhygienic oh my god <laughs> worst mistake of your life not only is the bacteria on there but the glue your pores are open from sweating they can absorb the glue so lesson to you lazy young boys who are learning to tape your ankles don't tape your ankle for lunch class and leave it on there for night class mm. one that is the most mank thing you can do but two you're probably going to get a real bad skin rash. I've had that before. Yeah. Yeah. But it's hard too because sometimes you go to the physio and they're like, leave this tape on for five days. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> you're like okay, but they don't understand that you're going to go and bathe in someone else's sweat. sweat. <laughs> God damn. But it's the thing. You've got to learn to tape your knees, guys. Like I'm pretty lucky. I went to a taping course uh, very early on as a Taekwondo coach because we'd always wreck our ankles because we kick with our feet, which is not that smart. And uh, I knew how to strap my own knees. So that was helpful, but it's something I would advise you guys to learn how to do. You're basically making an exoskeleton out of tape to make up for the lack of ligaments. Yeah. Anyway, it turns out PCLs aren't that necessary. Uh, they are, but whatever. It's jujitsu. PCL and ACL are much the same. They're both cruciate ligaments, aren't they? Similar, but one's um, more at the front, one's more at yours, more at the back. ACL starts at the back, runs through the front. Right. I mean, PCL does too, but it's lower. It starts lower. Yep. ACL starts higher. ACL is like more important. Right. PCL not so much. I've gotten away with it so far. But I just did a hell of rehab and I sat on an exercise bike. Like exercise bike, just turning over, a bit of resistance, just trying to get my quads moving. Long story short, trained with it every day, developed a crazy rash on my skin, not from leaving the tape on, but just from taping my knee every single day, twice a day. Are you shaving those hairy ass fucking legs? <laughs> you probably needed to invest <laughs> in hundred gillettes I, per week as well. <laughs> I did. I had that really weird. I, I have no shame. I had the knee guard shave. Like, oh right, like just that section. Just that section was shaved. Yeah. <laughs> People just like, is this a thing? What's wrong with you? When I when I turned up at um with Justin Lang at his gym, the guy who was helping me with my knee rehab. Yeah, awesome, awesome guy by the way. Awesome gym. Um, 
Justin was like, oh, I'll show you how to, uh, it was actually, I had a, another little injury, which was my ankle, yeah. which came about during the knee rehab. And uh, he said, oh, I'll tape it for you. And then he, he was looking at my legs and there's heaps of like footy players and stuff down there. Sure. Everyone in that gym's taped up. Something is strapped. Yeah. And he's like, I'll tape your ankle for you. And then he, I roll up my pants and he's like, what's all this hair, mate? He's got a crazy <laughs> voice. What's all this hair, mate? He goes, mate, shave your legs like a real fucking man. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, shout out, <laughs> Justin. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm a Wolverine and I grow hair in a heartbeat. But man, I take my knee. I went to Worlds. I did compete. I won two matches and then I got triangled the fuck out of, which has nothing to do with my knee. But I pulled it off and I did a bunch of rehab when I came back and the left knee is actually really good now. But I had to do a lot of work on my hamstring, a lot of work on my calf and quad to make up for the fact that the knee has instability there. So you don't notice any kind of ongoing issues? Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, it does move probably five, 10 degrees more than it should. That's why you tapped that knee bar I put you in last time we were <laughs> oh, <huh>? Whatever. <laughs> you can talk. I didn't know I was pre-injured, I'm sorry. <laughs> you always say these things, oh, I'm, a, I'm an able-bodied human. Yeah, shut up, disabled man. You qualify for the, the disabled Olympics. God. I just tap. You're not denying the tap, though, are you? What are you talking about, bro? <laughs> I will tap. It's true, but you were going for the other knee, and don't worry about it. Leave your ego at the door, guys. Take that from us. <laughs> no. Create don't, a healthy training environment. Don't leave your ego at the door. Fight <laughs> to the freaking death. Use your ego to bash your opponent. Exactly. Pick your ego up and punch him in the neck with it. Um, even though we've done mischief to ourselves in, on different levels or suffered, we too are guilty of injuring other people. Oh, God. I think everyone is. You know, you know it doesn't take long to be in the game. Whether or not you caused it or, or it, it happened while happened. you were rolling together, yeah, it's going to be something that you, you have to carry with you. Yeah, it's, it's tough, guys, because you may not even be attempting a submission or anything. They put their foot the wrong way, they put their arm out, and then, and then they're, ah, they're screaming and they're blaming you and you're like, you feel terrible. You, God, what am I, a complete psychopath? Like, and you... You know, it's very hard to cop, and I, I'm sure there's plenty of people out there who can relate. Uh, mate, I'll tell you this. My one, this was uh, this was 100% my fault, <laughs> and I still feel guilty about it to this day. <laughs> so uh, the first gym that I trained at, Roots, Bondi Beach. Yes. Just everyone getting after it. You know, it was kind of Wild West, you know, training just a pair of shorts, top off, just going for it. Yep. You know, just gritting it out. Summer, I think I'd been trained for about three months. Had, you know, I, at that point, I hadn't been exposed to any of the injuries of jiu-jitsu. Sure. I was just on this upward, this steep upward trajectory. Going for it. Yeah, yeah where you're like, this thing is so much fun. It's, it's so, so cool. Good. Yeah. yeah. And it's What this, could possibly go wrong? Yeah, it's this like period of innocence or naivety. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and uh, anyway, another guy from around the area comes in. His name was Paul. And uh, big, tall guy. Really well-built kind of dude, very like slim and lean, but like big, I think he was a basketball player. Right. He probably like, like Adam's height, like six, five, six, six. Yeah, wow. Yeah, big tall dude. Anyway, I think it was his first class. Oh no. And uh, they chuck him in and like we're rolling together and um, we were wearing a gi at the time, I remember. And uh, he's just like, yep, you know, like, okay, let's go. And we slap hands. And I'm like, and all I'm thinking is do what uh, they've been teaching me to do. Yeah. Like no one has said- Hey, it's this guy's first class. Take it easy. You're or- a bit of a tornado. Just ease it. There's been no, none of that, right? Take it easy, Tasmanian devil. Yeah. And um, I jump guillotine on the guy. I just go, I just go jump guillotine. And, of course and, you do. And close guard, right? Throw my legs around him, put all my, wrap, wrap that neck. I'm like, fucking long neck. This guy's going to tap the shore. 
And um, <laughs> Die, he, giraffe boy. he falls, like I obviously all of my weight attaching to his upper body. He falls down. It's an arm, it's an arm in guillotine. And the arm that's in the guillotine, he places the hand on the floor and oh. he just goes, ah! and I'm like, oh shit. And I let go and get, and he rolls over onto his back and he's like clutching his elbow. He's like, oh. ah, ah. And I'm like, oh, holy shit. You can see through the gi that oh. something's deformed at the elbow. Oh no. And I'm like, oh fuck, Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, oh, my elbow, my elbow. And the thing was, he's in the gi. We couldn't get it off. Oh God. There's this big lump sticking out from, you know, the back of the <gasps> tricep. And I'm, I'm just like, oh God. And the coach is like, oh, what's happening? He's like, oh, okay, yep. And call an ambulance, call an ambulance. They call an ambulance. And fucking, you know, at some point, the ambulance guys or paramedics come up. Um, they come in, they give him the green whistle and then they cut the gi off. And he's, he's posted with all of my weight wrapped around his head oh. and neck. And he's posted and his elbow is completely dislocated oh. and just shot out the back of his tricep. Oh, no. Yeah, it's horrific. Oh, Jesus. And, um, you know, they take him to hospital and I'm, you know, immensely apologetic. <laughs> and I, I remember I went and bought him a couple of magazines. I went and visited him in the hospital and he showed me the x-ray. It was incredible seeing that joint just dislocated. And, and anyway, oh. and I just remember saying, I'm like, oh, mate, I'm so sorry. Like, you know, and he's like, oh, it's okay, man. It happens, you know? And I was like, and at, at that point, I still couldn't really process yeah. my level of irresponsibility in doing that. Sure. And I mean, I don't hold myself completely accountable to it because it's like, I shouldn't have been able to do that. Yeah. Like I should have been told, hey, there's sure. rules. This guy's new. Yeah, yeah. We shouldn't have been rolling together. Of course there's not. a bunch of things that should have been in place, right? Yeah. But still I'm like that poor fucking guy. Yeah. And I remember it, I'd see him around. I'd see him around the hood, like in the years following. And I'd always be like, hey, bro, hey, gun. And he'd always be like, oh, hey, man. Like kind of a bit dismissive. Like yeah. didn't want to talk to me. Of course. And I was always like, <laughs> Oh, damn, I cut that dude so deep. You're the you're the injury guy. I mean, now we just put it down to you being a brown belt savage. But yeah, I mean, I mean now it's, it's completely on me. <laughs> nah, man, that's that's so true. It's early days, right? Like you don't know any better. You just think this is jujitsu. I'm I'm trying to do my thing. Yeah, and it's really on the culture of the gym to say, hey, you know, you know, this is the rough kid. We shouldn't put him with the new beginners. Like, don't let the, the soft newbies play with sharp objects. <laughs> yeah. I.e. Joe Worthington, <laughs> the natural, oh. the elbow breaker. Fucking poor guy. Oh, God. And it, it does. It sticks with you. And uh, I have a similar story. Uh, Armbar, um, big guy called Vince. Vince used to train at Peter DeBean. I think basically like a career purple belt. Like when I trained with him, I was like super fresh white belt, but just wanted to kill everybody because I had just this chip on my shoulder from not being good enough at grappling from doing Taekwondo. Cause obviously they're related. Um, I just went from being really good to sucking <laughs> and I just wanted to prove to everyone that I was good enough. Anyway, I put Vincent an armbar from close guard and he stood up out of the armbar and tried to shake me off. Like I'm 80 kilos and strong. I was definitely not giving up the arm. This guy is a purple belt, like seasoned purple belt, big, big like not big in terms of Jack, but just tall, you know, Tall, long guy, tried to shake me off and armbarred himself. Oh. Like I, I wasn't applying it. I had Just the held arm. Your position. Yeah, and he stood up and he tried to shake me off and his arm went snap. Oh. And I just like go and he's like, ah, you broke my arm. Ah, and everybody in the class, like it was like a, it was like a really small lunch class. There's like five people in the room and he's just walking around screaming, you broke my arm, you broke my arm. And I was just like, ah, oh, I, just, I don't know. I swear I, uh, I felt so. Oh, bad. Like I, I wouldn't, you know, in my heart of hearts would never would want to injure 
anyone. Anyway, that's not true. Well, there are people. I, out I do want to injure. to injure Joe Worthington, Craig Jones, <laughs> and Kid Dale. But apart from those guys, everyone else is safe. Um, no, I. The crazy thing is this: he had a very high level profession. I don't know what his profession was. He said to Peter DeBean at that time, like at the time, I was trying to console him. Like, should we get the ambulance? What do we do? And he was like, No, no, I'm just. He just packed up and left. We couldn't even give him a nice pack. And I just felt terrible all day. I don't know what to do. Pete comes up to me a couple of days later and says, "Mate." Look, he's, you know, he looks like he's bloody chipped a bone in his elbow and he's completely torn ligaments and, mate, he, he might try and sue me. And I was like, what? I was like, that's ridiculous. And he's like, mate, he might try and sue you. And I was like, what? How's that possible? Like, I, what, he's going to take my 1998 Honda Civic? <laughs> like, I was like, what? I was like, this is a martial arts class. We sign waivers. Like, it's, you know, I, I mean, I already felt bad, but I was like, what? This guy's going to litigate? Anyway. Nothing came of it, but I never saw him again. And I carried this thing with me the whole time like, man, I hurt this guy. As a white belt, I had it with me the whole time. This is where the story kind of rounds out. I'm an absolute MMA. I'm now a brown belt. I'm about to get my black belt. And I see Vince. He's now training at absolute MMA. Still a purple belt. Oh. <laughs> We're like eight years later. Oh, bro. fuck. And he's changed, energy? he's changed gyms. Okay, so I rolled with him, right? We're doing a drill. And I felt bad. Like he didn't remember. He didn't remember me. So we're doing the guard drill. Oh, I'll make him remember. <laughs> well, I got him in an armbar. It's the same arm. Oh. I got him in an armbar and he goes to stand up to shake me off. No. I just let go. I went to the legs. I just swept him and came on top. Holy shit. I was like, he's still making the same mistake. He doesn't remember. <laughs> but I felt so shit inside. I was like, if he clicks to who I am and doesn't, and, and I don't say anything, I'm going to feel bad on myself because I'm, I'm the jerk. I caused the injury, right? So this whole time I've thought, I've recoded this guy's elbow. Here we are. After class, I pull him aside. I'm like, Vince, mate, I don't know if you remember me, but as a white belt, I completely destroyed your elbow. And uh, I never got a chance to say this, man, but I'm so sorry. And I just wanted to tell you face to face, that's who I am and I'm, I hope you forgive me. He's like, what? My elbow was fine. I was back at training the next week. <laughs> I was like, what? Are you serious? And he was like, yeah, the elbow's fine. I never had surgery. It was fine. Like I had a few words with Pete, but after that it was fine. And I was like, fuck you, Vince. <laughs> I've carried that stone in my heart this whole time thinking I'm a bad person and you're just shit at defending arm bars. I should have broke your arm. Holy no. shit. Yeah. So there you go. I, I carried that with me the whole time and actually he was fine. Oh, that's wild. Yeah. It's crazy. But uh, yeah. Anyway. And there's a lot in that, right? In, right? in you carrying that and then like all for nothing. Yeah, but not for nothing because I had the armbar, right? And he was making that mistake again. But I'm like, I don't need to do this. I'll just let go. I'll just do something else. Yeah. I'm better at jiu-jitsu. I've got other options. I don't yeah. just have that hammer. So I'll just do a sweep. I'll just, you know. like. And I think that's the thing. When you get those moments when like, oh, I could do this submission. You've got someone who's fighting really hard. Sometimes people don't tap until they hurt themselves. Yeah. Because they're so stubborn. And you've got to make that decision. Do I just want to make the person tap or am I going to, you know. And sometimes it's out of your control. Like your instance, Joe. You had no idea that he would post his arm but you were trying to snap his giraffe neck. <laughs> jump guillotine. Everyone knows a jump guillotine. You've watched the UFC, surely. Easy, easy. Yeah. No, I think it is a hard thing, guys, whether you've been injured. And look, even though it sounds silly, like injuring someone is kind of 
traumatic to be the injurer. Oh, it's awful. Oh, it's you want it to be you. Yeah. Like because you feel so guilty and you feel so helpless. Powerless. And I mean the classic thing at jiu-jitsu is like someone like snaps their knee and then the person that they were rolling with is like, oh, I'll get an ice pack. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to make it and all better. Yeah, and it's like what's the one thing I can do to Try. show my guilt and to show that I care? It's like I'll get the ice. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a shit feeling. Oh, it's the worst. But uh, no, that's the thing, guys. We um, we deal with injury all the time, and it doesn't matter how strong and fit you are. There, there will be times when it crops up. But what you do immediately post injury is quite important. And I think we're both Joe and I are pretty lucky that we have connections with physios, with, with myotherapists, with within that health community, which a lot of people in jiu-jitsu don't have. And the thing that, you know we always talk about is having someone you can go see and get some real proper advice to know what is going on with your body because just saying to your coach should i roll should i not roll this is bad we actually had a guy post on the group just the other day about uh, having his four months post acl surgery and it happened to him from somebody uh, doing the lockdown and doing like a electric chair oh wow yeah tore his acl that way ah yeah right coming up on the sweep with it that rotates the knee yeah and, and some of you may have experienced something similar and now he's like oh I'm really hesitant to go back to jujitsu. Like he's not hesitant to go back. He's like, I'm really scared about half guard and being put in the lockdown. I'm like, dude, can you do a full squat? You're only four months post-surgery. Like let's just get our function back. So let's, let's just talk about this very quickly, guys, because you might be out there right now hearing this with an injury. At what point, Joe, did you say I'm okay to come back to, to train? Well, I went back. I think I went back at uh, three months maybe two and a half, three months, but I went back very to very deliberate, like drilling only with Adam yep. and, and, and very specific drilling because there's still a lot of positions I couldn't get into. Mm. You know, he had to really facilitate it for me. Sure. Like, oh, I can't do this, but I can do this. So can I just drill this? He's like, yeah, go for it. You know, and so real basic stuff like that. I was in the gym, like, I mean, I was doing rehab work from day one of the surgery, yeah. right? Yeah, flat out. You're, you're doing most of it at home in those, those first couple of weeks, but- but if we talk about like what it took for you to come back to jiu-jitsu, like confident enough to participate in a class, like roll. Right. Even if it be oh, with- fuck. You know. It's, well, I had to have a follow-up surgery uh, at nine months. And it's And pri- prior to that, I was probably back full-scale training at like six months. Okay. But then, and I had a good couple months of that. And then I had this other checkup and they're like, hey, we got to go in and just make some adjustments because the graph's too big, blah, blah, blah. And then that put me back. Then I was out again for three months. Yeah. So my, my rehab was not kind of linear or typical. Yes. But yeah, I, I guess six months before I could like jump into a round with someone and go for it. Sure. You know? And I think this is something we've got to consider, guys, that like when you get an acute injury, like ah, ligament snapped or muscle torn, et cetera, there is an, like, there's an acute phase and hopefully you don't have to have surgery. But if you do, it's going to extend that. And, yeah. then, and then we've got to factor that in. So the, the advice I always give to people if they've had any kind of an injury, whether it's knee, back, hip, shoulder, neck, anything, do you just have your normal healthy function? Because if you don't have your kind of normal, I can squat all the way down, stand all the way up, I can straighten my leg or I can hop on the spot, you should not be doing jujitsu. Like yeah. you're adding the, the chaos element that some random person would just yank your leg the wrong way or shove your face into the mat or a young Joe Worthington just tries to guillotine you, you know, you've got to, you've got to be wary of that. I mean, you might have a long neck. It might just be calling to me saying, <laughs> guillotine me. 
guillotine me. And I'm like, I'm going to fucking guillotine that neck. <laughs> so for all of you long neck people out there in the world. Long neck white belts. <laughs> specifically. Please, no colored belts. Too difficult to guillotine. No, no. We don't want anyone with any skills or uh, knowledge. There's a lot to be considered there. I think, you know, to adding to that, just go and find a physio that knows what's up, knows how you train jiu-jitsu, someone that knows the body so that you can go to them and like the hundred bucks you're going to pay them or the 130 bucks or whatever it is for that consult when you've had something happen in training, even though you might feel okay afterwards and you're like, I feel pretty good, go and fucking find out because yeah. you're not responsible to make that decision, nor are we. Yeah. You got to have someone that works with this shit day to day and they can do some very simple assessments and say, oh yeah, it looks like everything's in okay shape. You're good to go back to training. Or they'll tell you, you know what, man, I think you might've done some mischief. Here's the, the best course of action. Definitely. You'll be glad you did. Oh yeah. It's look, it's, it's cheaper than surgery, right? Like a yeah. hundred bucks or a couple of thousand dollars and the time you'll lose not being able to work and you know, all the associated things that come with injury and being out of commission. So uh, definitely guys, uh, you need a body mechanic. You need someone you can consult to check on your rig. And once you've done that, then once the physio said, yes, you're good to go, we can give you some advice from there. But if you've just done yourself a mischief, torn a ligament, whatever it is, go and see a professional before you come see us. Yep. All right, my guy, I think that's a good time to uh, finish it there. Thanks, bro. Now, for all our people out there in the world, if you want to leave us a question, uh, we now have that function on our website. So you can leave us a, a cool voicemail, ask us a specific question, and we will answer it on the podcast. So just go to www.bulletproofforbjj.com forward slash podcast. You'll see it there, big red button. Click it, record your message, say what academy you're from, let us know where you're hailing from, we'll shout you out, and we'll, we'll get to you. We'll play your message on the show too. So know that. Leave us the voicemail and then get featured on the podcast. <laughs> get famous. Yeah, the voicemail thing's awesome. Get at it. We've got some coming through already, so they'll be featuring from next episode. Yep. And uh, we'll be able to share the responses with all of you good people. That'll be great. Cheers, brother. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.